On Christmas Eve, many years ago, I lay quietly in my bed. I did not rustle the sheets. I breathed slowly and silently. I was listening for a sound, a sound a friend had told me I'd never hear, the ringing bells of Santa's sleigh. Welcome to A Thousand and One Good Nights, a podcast about the stories behind bedtime stories. Follow along with two new dads, one a psychologist and one a book editor, as they explore the nighttime ritual of their foreseeable future. Uh, hey, Nick. Happy holidays. Hey, Ben. Cheers. <laughs> um, so I-, I will say I, I have never read uh, the Polar Express before, so this was new to me. Getting it was a minor oh. Christmas miracle. So <laughs> I went to multi- – mul- Amazon couldn't get it to me quick enough. I went to several stores, um, which were so- sold out of it, including one where there was a uh, Polar Express story time like oh the next gosh. day. <laughs> Wow, this, this, now, is like, this is like a story within a story. You went is, on your yeah. own journey. That's uh, right. So that we could talk about this. this story. You know, well, we'll see. Well, and honestly, I think that there was there were more ups and downs and conflict in, in, on my Polar Express journey than maybe within the actual, <laughs> within the actual oh, book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shots yeah. fired. Well, um, yeah. But, 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 but I got to, I got to, you know, but at the end, much, much like in the story, I came away, signed copy. Uh, there's a little uh, with a tree ornament and like a, a link to a, uh, a downloadable version with read by Liam Neeson. So I, I feel, like... and, and isn't that what it's all about? Really? <laughs> <That's exactly laughs> uh, well, okay. Let's, let's talk about that idea of, of conflict. Cause I think that's a, that's a really interesting point. I think we've kind of touched on this idea in, in a couple other stories, but what, what's your take on that? Is there conflict in this story at all? I don't see. So it's, you know, it, you are. This is a book that you are pretty familiar with from your own childhood, right? So you're. Yeah, you're I grew up with it. Much more familiar with the plot than I am. I haven't even seen the movie. So. I have not either, actually. <laughs> oh, oh I, I, as a point of pride, or like sort of, kind of like Indiana Jones Four. I'm just, right. I'm just not going to go there. <laughs> um, but as but as I uh, coming at this as an adult, only recently with just a couple read throughs without the lens of, of childlike wonder. So I see it's a, it's a kid and, uh, and it is, it's almost, it's almost more of a dream than a story. It has that kind of surreal quality. Mm-hmm. He, he's told that there, that there isn't a Santa Claus that he kind of believes there is. And the train shows up, takes him to the North pole. And then all he wants is uh, a sleigh bell. And then he's given it from Santa sleigh but then he has a hole in his pocket, so he loses it. And that's really the main – that's the biggest drama of the story, right? I, I think like, it, oh, no, I, I'm not going to get my souvenir from this magical trip. But then he does get it. And then as people grow older, they, they can no longer hear it um, because they've lost, I guess, the the magic of childhood. This is kind of – there's a similar trope in lots of children's stories where you know kids can see the wonder of the world. They can hear animals talking and can do all these things and – and once they sort of age out of it, but he doesn't, he can always hear the sleigh bell. Is that a... Yeah, it's a great summary. Um, okay. And the idea with the, the the hearing the bell, too, is I think it's specifically the belief in Santa, right? That's right. That's sort of what it's getting at, is that he... Well, yeah, and it wasn't even that he was... He wasn't... To this kid's credit, he's a pretty... Uh, 
like he's not grasping or greedy. Like he, he, when he thinks of Santa Claus, it's more of the excitement that there is a Santa Claus, not but that he wants something in particular. Right. So the, in the, the whole thing about the bells is it's not just I want to believe in Santa because I want to get this special gift. It's I just want to hear him. I just I just want to hear his sleigh bells as, as they go by and know that know that it's true. And so it's it's a matter of it's this kind of almost unselfish. I just. I just want to be confirmed in my belief of this like kind of magical thing. Yeah. No, and I, I think um, I, I would agree with you that there's no conflict in the story um, because there are, it's not like there's conflict between two characters necessarily. But there there is tension, I think, right? And there, there's actually a decent amount of tension. Like the tension starts in the beginning where he's he's grappling with the idea of is there really a Santa Claus? Like some kid has told him there isn't. And so right. he's waiting to hear you know the sleigh. And then he gets on this train and, you know, they don't really know where they're going. And even like the, even if it's not in the text and the narrative, some of the images are, are kind of like dark and ominous. There's like these yeah, wolves was, like going through the, the forest. This, yeah, lean wolves. Yeah, hungry looking wolves. Well, yeah, it's so, this is, this is such an atmospheric book almost, you know, totally. so the, 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 the drawings are kind of the, the palette that's used. It's the kind of thing that you might expect to find. I don't know, like in his dark materials or something, some yeah, kind of like very dark grimmer, children's grimmer. Book. Yeah. And he, Santa Claus himself doesn't, I mean, there's a majesty to him, but I don't know how But not jolly, jolly, he doesn't right. look yeah, jolly yeah. at all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, the, the Arctic's kind of described, I think as a frozen desert. So, so it's like, there's this weird, it, it's, it's dreamlike. And, and, and like, you know, there's nice things on the, the train that, that they have those treats and things like that. So that's kind of a, those are warmer colors, but in general, it's like it's it is this nighttime jur- journey, kind of with almost ominous mm-hmm. colors and a lot of sh- lot of shadows. It was awesome when I read early yesterday morning. My daughter got up early and it was still dark, and so she came out and we were the house was super dark, and we turned on one little light and we were reading this, and I was trying to watch her face throughout the story, and it was her brow was furrowed the entire time <laughs> like very right. concerned kind of reading the whole the whole story whether it was why is this train pulling up in front of this kid's house to what are these like lean wolves doing and all the sad kids when he loses the when he realizes right. there was a hole in it it's just a it's a very intense dark story um but i think you know atmospheric is a good word for it because that my what i remember from it is i as an adult reading through it again the the narrative didn't really do much for me. Like the the words themselves didn't hold a lot of magic for me. But it's, it's well, kind mean, of like it, the the world. Yeah, but the, well, the words themselves are almost more uh, atmosphere. You know, there's good description. He talks about the a- apron of snow. You know, there's different yeah. things like that. But but it's more like it, it feels like you're setting the stage for a traditional ghost story or something like that, where you say it was a dark and gloomy night. Right. The, the use of adjectives. It's not. You know, it's just sort of putting you in a uh, descriptive state. Yeah, totally. And I wonder if I, one of the reasons I really resonated with this as a kid is because I have always, it's maybe my most, the most important quality in a, in a book for me in terms of sheer enjoyment is atmosphere. Like I always loved, that's what got me into Sherlock Holmes. I love Sherlock Holmes, but it was always because it was like the, the, the sort of dark, misty atmosphere of that's right. 19th a lot, century London, you know? A lot of, or or if, if they do leave London, it's because they're going to some dark and misty moor. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of mist one way or the other. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> um, maybe, and then maybe like retreating some, you know, dark country estate. <laughs> There's just a lot of, you know, a lot, lot of shadows. 
Um, but I, but, go ahead. I was going to say, but but see, that all that that set me up. I, I felt like for more of a a grim story when when the the kid is so Santa. He get he get, the, the the boy is chosen to get the first present. He can pick anything, and then it says he knows that what he wants is not in Santa's bag. And I'm I was so certain, and maybe this is because I'm an adult reading this, that he was going to say, my mother is sick with some, <laughs> some disease and all I want is for her to be cured. And then he goes, I want a sleigh bell. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, that's funny. And as a kid, all I wanted was like a Nintendo 64 or something. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and, the, and then, so, I, but I think that goes back to that. It, just plot-wise, there there isn't tons, there's tension, kind of like a dream, but there's not a lot of structural like conflict or or movement necessarily is that is that fair at one time most of my friends could hear the bell but as years passed it fell silent for all of them even sarah found one christmas that she could no longer hear its sweet sound though i've grown old the bell still rings for me as it does for all who truly believe yeah, I think that's right. And then even the way that we've talked this about kind of the way how text appears in these books is often so deliberate. You know, the pictures, the pictures dominate. You know, a lot of times if you have a two-page spread, you've got a, a narrow column of text and then it's all reindeer and right. houses or, or, or things like that. Yeah, and it's it's landscape. The book is very landscape. So it's yeah. it's got this kind of cinematic um, quality to it. I think, you know, if I was going to, if, if I was going to read too much into this, the narrative and the story, <laughs> I would say it's it's kind of a, a a story about belief more generally. I mean, yeah, it's it's belief in Santa, but it's kind of it in an interesting way. Like in, in a kids in a kids Christmas book, it it kind of explores and touches on the sort of the dark um, nature of belief in that it's it's not all like rainbows and butterflies. Like it's kind of. Sure shadowy and scary and lonely and intense um at times so i don't is that am i reading too much into that um, no I, I don't i mean it's very much this is this is very much the kid's fantasy like he wants to believe in sin and hear sin is says but he experiences that in a very real way but also in a way that things are sort of out of his control right you you know what i mean and, and so what where does this path take you through this forest with hungry wolves you know one thing that occurred to me is that was sin unlike a lot of other stories or kind of well-known tales, fairy tales, things like that, because it's something that is supposed to happen every year and it's not an isolated incident. Like it's not Hansel and Gretel go into the forest and then they have this event and then that's the story of Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> it's just, so the way you kind of map yourself into Santa stories, like when, when you're writing, there's a, lot, there's a lot of different avenues, but it is, it's almost like fan fiction isn't quite the right word, but it's, you kind of, you kind of make, can make up your own connection or you, you can just kind of fasten onto it and Santa's the hub. Do you see what I'm getting at all? Like the, the way that when you, you write, it's like, well, you know, there's some things that are constant, like the North Pole and right. the reindeer and the making of toys and Christmas. But other than that, you know, and, and Santa's appearance, but other than that, kind of how the, the how everything works, that's why there's so many different Santa stories that kind of imagine. And, 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 the, and there's a lot of freedom to create plot as, as a result because it's kind of more about What's what's your experience that sort of obliquely bring, brings you in contact with Santa Claus? Yeah, and that's why it's it's almost a stretch to call this a Christmas book because it's it's not it's like piggyback the narrator is piggybacking his uh, what I would say is his kind of story about um, belief 
onto the you know the the kind of Santa Claus story, right? But it's a very like it it really it does feel like a struggle. Like the there aren't many moments of like joy or happiness in the book. <laughs> There's the you know when when they first get on the train, like you said, it's kind of like warm and they're drinking hot chocolate, um, and then he gets chosen, and that's that's kind of nice. But even even in the end, when he gets the bell, it it very quickly. You know, Santa, he opens all his presents in the morning and he thinks he's done. But then there's this one little box at the end with a note from Santa on it. Right. (laughs) Um, And he realizes that he's got the bell. But then it jumps right there to the last page, which is that very quickly, um, none of my friends could hear the bell anymore. Even my sister couldn't hear it anymore. And even the image on the last page is kind of a sad, forlorn image. It's just this box of the bell sitting on a table but it's for whatever reason yeah. it, it looks kind of sad like it's kind of dark and and the idea that he's it almost feels like he's kind of alone in the, yeah in well his belief. it, it kind of seems like belief is can be uh a lonely like there's a lot more loneliness and responsibility to believe in something like he, he gets the bell he loses yeah. it right away everybody has to look for it and then he can he's the only one that hears it so he has to mm. sort of carry that alone but but at the same time it's he it's he, he's the very first lines are about he's he he's waiting for something he's told he can never hear the bell and then at the end he's got the bell so he gets i mean right. maybe 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 we're putting too much on it maybe it's just yeah and he, and then there like that's maybe it's it it seems lonely because it's just by himself but maybe it's just a, it's just simple like nope this is the bell he wanted it he heard it and his like the the, the force of his belief was sufficient to 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 to, to carry him through this whole saga what uh, you talked about how you like atmosphere and the illustrations. Do you what, what if what if there were no words at all? Like if this was a a journey type book, how how different would it have to be? Because what's the man that he loses the bell or he yeah so you have to you have to communicate like other people he he believes in it but other people don't. You'd have to kind of communicate that. But I think that's kind of the beginning and the end. But the rest of it, like the journey through the woods and the. And into the city, you could you could almost communicate that just with the just with the the the, the illustrations, right? Um, yeah, I think a lot of it. If you just added a couple illustrations about like you know literally seeing a hole in his pocket and um, right. and then sad faces and right, yeah, you could. I don't know. I, I just it, it would be interesting to see. Yeah, I I think you could do it. I I don't. I I sort of wonder whether it would would it enhance or detract from the overall. In some ways, it would make it more dreamlike, right? Because yeah. there, there literally is no kind of external structure kind of guiding you along. Um, but I don't know. It's always hard to say when you kind of um, take, especially like a, a classic like this and kind of remove an element <laughs> from it. What do, you, what do you think? Would you? Yeah, well, I mean, it's always... You you're, think you're, that, you're a book editor. If someone came to you right. and said, uh, words or no words, what do you think? That's then? right. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, you... Uh, well, as a book editor, you're always you're always saying there could be less words. Right, <laughs> right. Be, <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can say this. You can say this. <laughs> but I don't know, it's always you just say take the words out and then you play a game. You know, like uh, like one of those games you can't say you can only say one word or describe things, and it should be mm. so easy. But then it's like no, actually, we're we're used to talking a lot to describe, not not, not, not very much. So words words can be very helpful. Right. I don't know, but I think, yeah, I think you could do, especially in the beginning, maybe you would have him, what would you do to, he would like draw pictures or something of, of Santa and people would just like be shaking their heads and saying, and looking cynical or whatever. What would, I, don't <laughs> yeah. know. I don't know. That's, that's interesting. The, the other thought though, too, is it wouldn't be completely without narrative because 
like we we talked about journey and some other books without um, without words you're whoever's reading the book to the kid is going to be adding their own unless you're just sitting there in silence looking at books with your kids like you're going to be adding structure and narrative onto it right um yeah for sure though we also have talked about what it's like so did you you grew up with this book um in a way that you didn't with journey right right so did you ever um just flip flip through the pages and just kind of stare at the amazing illustrations or I don't, uh, I don't consciously always... remember that, but I, I kind of feel like it must've happened because this book was always around and there were, and I was, I was sort of bookish <laughs> as a kid. So I'm, I'm sure it happened. Um, but I, I, I distinctly remember the, yeah, the feel kind of the vibe of the book and then not having read it for a long time and until I had kids again. Um, and then picking, I instantly like resonated back with that, with kind of the feel, although the Can word, we... the words felt a little more foreign to me. Can can you remember like before? <laughs> take, like, just rewind a little bit to when when you before you picked it back up again. If somebody had said describe the describe what happens in the Polar Express, would you have been able to say? Would you have just said it's it's a journey to the it's a train that goes to the North Pole, or would you remember the bit about the bell and like belief? Would you would would you have you said? Well, I I remember that it's a book about belief. I <laughs> no, I would not have said that. Said it's about, it's about I, I would re- I do remember the bell though. I, I yeah. for sure remember the bell um, and losing the bell and then getting it again. But I didn't I I didn't remember the bit about how um, adults and other kids can't remember the sound anymore. Um, well, that's that's very uh, life imitating art that you had forgotten. Yeah, I don't know. So, what are you? What are your kind of? Did you read this to your kids? I have. Um, I have not. I have okay. not. I have. In, in, in this <laughs> kind of a selfish, unchristian spirit, I have not yet shared. Uh, not sh- the gift of the Polar Express. <laughs> the gift of the Polar Express. My children. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it'll be interesting. Maybe, uh, maybe next year we'll do it. We'll revisit the Polar we'll Express. Recap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do a recap. Hey, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Thousand and One Good Nights. If you want to learn more about this book and other bedtime stories, check out our website at 1001goodnights.com. That's 1001goodnights.com. Be sure to sign up for our monthly email newsletter to get updates about upcoming seasons and other new content. Finally, please help us out by rating the show on iTunes. This helps spread the word about the show and get it in front of new listeners each week.